It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. EC. How are you doing, Nicole? G'day, Jeff. I'm great. How are you? I'm delightful. Hey, I had a chance to uh, to kidnap a child the other day. Excellent. That's always something we should look forward to. Yeah, I, I mean, wasn't looking forward to it. wasn't <laughs> wasn't planning on it. I just I, I didn't just do the it. Op- the opportunity, the opportunity arose. Just, and you just took it. <laughs> no, no, the opportunity arose, and I didn't take it. That's the uh, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm I'm out walking along. I got my earbuds in. I'm listening to a podcast, and and blah blah blah. And up ahead of me, if there's a there's a house and there's a, a couple of little girls must have been a three and a four year old. And then the little one must have been, I don't know, 20 months old, months old or so. And, uh, and grandma, I'm going to guess an older, older woman, apparently uh, brought them out. They've got a little table in the front yard and brought them out some, uh, some snacks. And, and uh, as I'm walking by the littlest one, she comes, she, she holds up a cookie and, uh, and smiles and waves at me and, and kind of offers me a cookie and it comes Aww. running over to, me with her arms out and I thought well I pick up the kid and run because I could totally outrun grandma and and bring a surprise home for Tasha or I could just uh say thanks I don't need a cookie and wave and go on about my way so uh I I did I did the second one just because I thought there'd be less awkward that's very awkward when kids like kind of make that real connection to you and want you to like pick them up or whatever and, and it's like I don't know you kid is this okay like it's just it's awkward and weird it happens to my husband in the shops with babies like mm-hmm. when they're being held up on a shoulder you know how it's very hard to demonstrate this on a podcast but when you're holding a baby up on your shoulder and they're kind of looking sure. over your back and yeah. my husband will be standing like at a checkout or something and he's like that baby's making weird eye contact with me. And I yeah. look over and yep, sure enough, it's like eyes locked, you know? And then, and he's like, it's weird. And so then when he waves and smiles and then the parent turns around, he's like, this is weird. I'm waving and smiling at your baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I thought that kind of related to the topic that you brought up for today too, is the, the idea of trust, because I think some of us, we, I don't know, you, you put out that, Hey, you're not too weird. I can trust you vibe to strangers, whether they're little people or older people. I, yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I think, thought that might be a good way to jump into the topic. It is an interesting one. Cause I think I always felt like when I was starting out in early childhood that you needed to be like a certain type of person to be in early childhood and I think 
I might have talked about this um, in the episode that I did with you and Tamar and where we sort of talked about my whole story of getting into early childhood. But I always thought that early childhood people had to be those, hello and welcome into the play space, you know, like really over the top and like singing and, you know, bubbly and wearing bright clothes and, you know, all that kind of thing. And I went, that's just not me. That's not going to work. But I think I feel like we have this image of what it should look like but I reckon children see way past that and they can actually see the people because I've worked with people who were like that before Mm -hmm. in the past and the children seemed to have a radar for that, like a bullshit detector. And it's like, I I don't know that you're all that you crack up to be. Like it's, yeah, and then the people who weren't that, they could actually still sense that, no, this is someone I can trust and someone I can go to. Yeah, yeah. And and, I mean, some people have honestly come by their bubbliness and their sing-songiness and some people are genuinely like that absolutely yeah and then and then there's there's the the subset of people who put that on as it's a perform it's like performance art yes and I I I think kids really like you say I think they really see through the bullshit really really quickly and 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 I mean the core of our job is is building relationships and that becomes that that i mean that foundational trust that hey you're not going to do me wrong yeah. uh, is is the foundation for that foundation yes yes i think so and i think it's interesting like the whole concept of trust and being trusted i think as an educator or a caregiver is such a big one that I think we underestimate so much. Like I think we take it for granted a bit how much people have to trust us, whether that's the child. So children really have to trust us. They come to rely on us and, you know, they're dependent on us. So there needs to be that element of trust. But then the people who are leaving their children with us need to trust us too. And, you know, I think we sometimes underestimate how big a leap that is for some people you know, particularly if they've never left their children in care before, you're a virtual stranger and all of a sudden I'm, you know, bringing my child to your house or I'm bringing my child into a centre and leaving them with you and trusting that you're going to take care of them in the same way that I would. Yeah, yeah. One of my favourite Lisa Murphy stories, and she's told on the podcast, and I'm not going to retell the whole story, but when she was, she was what, 12 or 13, she she gets hired to babysit for, for yes. a neighbour, and the neighbour, I mean, gives her a key to her house and a key to her car, yep. uh, basically, and if I'm going to trust you with my child, I'm going to trust you with with everything, was, was yes. the basic takeaway from the story, and I think that that's a that's a, a good way of looking at it. One thing that's really surprised me over the years um, is how how easily some parents are able to say, here's my kid and walk out the door and head off to work or whatever. Yeah. You ever run into that? Like they, they, they can't wait to fill the paperwork and they don't really have any questions. And it's like, yeah. uh, okay, I gotta, I gotta go see ya. And, and I find it a really interesting one because I feel like there's, well, there's a couple of different camps of parents and I see it with people in, you know, early childhood, but also I noticed it with like kids' birthday parties. I can remember my son, like his first year of school. So he was, you know, five and we had a birthday party for him. And there was a couple of people who arrived and basically said, oh, well, here's Johnny and um, bye. And I'm like, whoa, wait, does he have any like allergies? Is he, 
you know, just he doesn't know who I am. What happens if he needs to go to the toilet? Am I supposed to take him? Am I supposed to let him go by himself? Like, who are you? What What's happening here? There's just that real, you know, that was a big wake up for me. And I have seen it in early childhood settings too, where people are, you know, and I guess maybe that element of trust, and I'm not so sure about, you know, in the US, but for here, I suppose the element of trust is kind of a expected trust like you should be expected to be able to trust where you're putting your child into care because they're supposed to be regulated and have gone through quality assurance systems and you know all of that sort of stuff so I feel like sometimes people see all of those things and it creates a sense of trust without even having to know who the actual human beings are that are taking care of your child and it's not until something goes wrong that that can be called into question. So it's like it's like assumed trust. It is, that's the word I'm after, assumed trust. It is. It's like, well, because you've, you've been regulated and because you have a qualification and because you're here, then I should automatically trust that you will do the right thing by my child without actually knowing who are you, um, you know, what things do you value, how are you going to keep my child safe if something goes wrong. I mean, think about even all the you know, policies and things that services have in place. Like you can have all your policies and procedures in place. How many parents actually look at them or read them or ask questions about them? They just assume because you've got them and you've said, hey, I've got this list of policies. Well, actually that should be enough for me. I should trust that. Yeah, yeah. Along those lines, I don't remember where I first heard the phrase, but um, I love the phrase uh, a halo effect because, and then the whole idea is that uh, that people working in certain professions, teachers, for example, um, are automatically given halos by yeah. by parents be- because that's what they do for a living. So yeah. because you are in this building and doing this job, you are automatically deemed to be a good person. And so I, 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 I bequeath you my trust is yes. what parents say, except they probably don't say bequeath. Probably um, not. <laughs> probably I feel not. like it's not a word used very often anymore. <laughs> Maybe it should be. We could bring it back. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think that is true. Like, I think there is that element of, of that. And that I think that halo effect kind of links in with that idea of assumed trust. It's like I'm assuming that because you've ticked all these boxes and you're here, then you should, you're trustworthy and, you know, and, but then you've got like parents on the complete opposite side of that who, you know, want to run their own criminal history check and, you know, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things and and for all manner of reasons, you know, and I think sometimes people become frustrated with that, you know, when parents don't automatically trust them. I've known educators to become quite frustrated with that. Well, why don't they trust me to look after their child? And it's like, well, they don't know you. You know, I'm fortunate I've never really left my children up until they started school. I'd never really left them with anyone that I didn't already know. When they went to childcare, it was at the service that I ran. And Mm so I knew all of those people. I employed most of them. Even when I stopped working there, I still knew them. And so I wasn't leaving them with strangers. It wasn't until they were old enough to go to school that that thought happened. And I can remember walking away on the first day of kindergarten and thinking, oh my gosh, I've just left my child with somebody that I don't even really know. And yes, they seem lovely, but what's going to happen if, if this happens throughout the day? And will they tell me about this? And will this, you know, like all these thoughts go through your mind. And I think that must be so hard for parents who have to do that with infants, you know, to leave an infant with someone that I don't know. 
and hope that you'll feed them when they're supposed to be fed and change them when they're supposed to be changed and give them the love and connection and all those sorts of things that they deserve. I think that's such a big thing, you know, for people to actually bequeath that trust on someone. (laughs) So how do we, as a profession, one, make sure we're picking people that are halo worthy to work in our program because you you hire enough assholes in your program, then then your your halo is going to either be tarnished or non-existent. And so we've got to make sure we're hiring the the people that are that are worthy of trust. And then how do we help parents, maybe especially with infants and toddlers or first-time parents, um, build that trust when we're onboarding them, when we're bringing them bringing them into the program for the first time? I think so. To the first point about how do we get people who aren't assholes, I think recruitment's such a big issue, particularly, and I, I know just from what I see online that, you know, the US is no different, that at the moment it's just a nightmare to actually get anybody to work in early childhood. And, you know, it's been a nightmare for a long time, but it's just getting progressively worse. And so I understand that there's services who just go, I just actually need someone. And that's those people that I know you've referred to in the past as warm bodies, you know, mm-hmm. it's essentially we're getting warm bodies in. And I think there are things that we can do. I mean, here we've got, you know, our working with children checks. So you've got to have a criminal history check, but that's only going to flag something that you've been charged with like it's, yeah. it's not going to flag whether you're an asshole like it's you know it's, it's a not an asshole detector it's just a crime detector but I think one of the biggest things I think when we bring on new people into our settings is to like new educators is to actually get them to spend time with the children and see what they do when they're with children and families before they start working for you and I think you know a a day of paid trial work before they actually take a position I think is a reasonable expectation because I want to see what you're like on a daily basis what do you actually do with children I know when I got my first job I had an interview at you know seven o'clock at night and then they rang me at 7 30 and said you've got the job you start on Monday and it's like okay cool they'd never seen me work with children mm-hmm you know, they'd seen no interaction. I could have been an asshole. I probably was an asshole, but I could have been a bigger asshole. And I don't know. I just think there's we miss stuff there because we're in a hurry to hire people. We miss sure. going through the things that you know will make sure that they're people that we can trust and that are worthy of that halo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't trust things like references because no. the the references people are going to give you are going to be people who are going well, to give you the good ones. Going to give you give you the good going to give you the good reference um, because for whatever reason and and you can't trust really calling past employers because they are limited often and and what they can what can actually say or not. Um, and so, really, when you're doing the hiring, you've got to have the 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 asshole detector running, I guess. Yes. The, the trust detector. <laughs> and 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 so and I mean again, we've talked about on the show in the past too, that you know, there's a lot of people that give good interview. And yeah. so they they come across and can sound real trustworthy. And and I I totally was tricked by that too yeah. many times than I then I'd be willing to to uh well, I guess I just admitted to it so I, I, I can I, admit to it as well I yeah. definitely have employed people and then gone 
oh my god you are shit like you should not be with children yeah i, th- I think my I, I mean i think my detector ran at 60 or 70 percent but yeah. still that's not 100 percent. so no. um yeah bringing them in and, and actually spending some time with them and and i mean one day it'd be great and, and maybe you know probate some program to probationary periods and yes and but then the thing is when you find that this person isn't somebody that you can trust trust to show up on time or trust to do the job when they're in the program yeah. or or trust to be responsive to kids then you got to you, you i mean you got to cut them loose and yeah. a lot of programs are are reluctant to do that even during probationary periods yeah well they're reluctant because it's it, there's usually a bit of work involved but also then oh great now I've got to go through that whole process again and sometimes you know it comes back to that oh maybe it's just a case of the better devil you know and we'll just stick with that person yeah. even though they're a bit average we'll stick with them because they're here and you know we'll we'll hang on to them but I think we need to probably give a bit more thought to that and I think as professionals we need to recognize how much trust is involved you know how much trust is bequeathed upon us um but we do we need to I'm just going to use that word for the rest of the day um but we do we need to recognize that and actually I don't know have a bit of respect for that I suppose like I when I actually stop and think about that that somebody thinks highly enough of me to say here's my baby Mm -hmm. I trust that you will do exactly what I would do or that you'll do the things that they need to be well taken care of because I can't be here to take care of them. That's huge. You know, and I think I stop and think about that. It's like, that's pretty special, like that someone would trust me to do that. Gee, I want to do a good job. Like, I don't want to fuck that up. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's basically, basically I, I trust you to, to know what you're, you're doing. Yes. And I mean, and, and, and look, there are a lot of people, especially new to the profession, well, new to any profession, you, you go through this whole imposter syndrome thing where yeah. you, where, where you feel like you're just faking it. And, yeah. and then somebody hands, hands you over their, their 14 month old and says, here, have a go. And um, yeah. I mean, it's, that can be a, a stressful, anxious situation. It's kind of like when you leave hospital with a newborn for the first time like your first child and you leave hospital and you're walking out and thinking surely somebody's going to come and take this child shortly like who, who's responsible for them and it's like yeah it's me you're <laughs> gonna trust responsible. me with this like wow this is a big responsibility but as to the other point about you know families and how we sort of communicate that to families and you know build that sense of trust I think um in the UK, they do something which I really love. Like they, you know, have a lot of focus around that primary caregiving kind of approach. But I know um, in a lot of places, um, and I have heard of it in other places too, but not many, and definitely not here, um, where the educator will actually go out to the child's home before the child starts, and they have a couple of home visits where they'll go and they'll spend time in their home, and you know just have a play and have a chat, and it just builds that familiarity. But because it's in the child's home, it's already safe, and so it's setting up that sense of okay, this person's fine. But it also starts to really strengthen that relationship, and I think that's such a nice way to do that from the beginning. Yeah, we we kind of did versions that were kind of the opposite. We would have the let the parents if they wanted to come and just but like the week before they went back to work or whatever, come and hang out yeah. for a couple hours now and then in the program because that helped the the little one kind of get used to the 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 sights and sounds of the program with their 
their their their their their adult there, which made them a little bit more secure. But it also allowed the adult to see what's going on and kind of settle into things. And and I I was really surprised that more more parents didn't do that. Yeah. When given the opportunity. Um, but again, there's that, I guess there's that halo effect that um, the neighbor down the street said, hey, here's a good program for you. And so I trust oh, I'm my sure neighbor. It's fine. Yeah. And yeah. So, but I, I think that that was a real good, useful thing. And then I think when, that's a useful tool too for families to understand like our programs as well. Like that's a completely different yeah. thing. But I think that's a really great way for families to actually get a sense of our programs because often what happens um, is that families drop off, pick up. So they see about like five minutes at each end of the day. And then the they most go, chaotic oh, five minutes. Yeah, too. that's right. The worst five minutes. But then they're like, well, what are they doing? What are they really learning? Is play really enough? Like, and they'll have all these questions. It's like, great, come and spend some time when we're actually doing those things spend some time in the space. And I think you'll get a sense that that's what we're about. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had, I mean, we had one dad, oh, he's, he's a good guy until he cheated on his wife and they got divorced. Um, but he was, uh, <laughs> well, he was good. It started out well. I mean, he's still a nice guy. Um, <laughs> Uh, but he would come he would he would like hang out half an hour in the morning um just I mean he'd almost be late for work some days because he was just yeah. hanging out moving around and that was that was kind of nice although slightly annoying because we're like we got we got a okay. day to get on with and time to go now <laughs> an extra kid there um another thing we would do is is make it really clear um and it was usually moms first time moms of infants who needed this but you know call eight times a day if you need to and check in or if you need me to call you and let you know how things are going because you're trying to be strong and don't want to call um and you need and I think that's important that we take the initiative sometimes and call them just to let them know hey they're okay they're doing fine you know particularly if they were unsettled or if it's their first day or whatever it's like you know what they're doing okay and you know as you say there's a lot who will go oh I won't call I don't want to be that needy parent but I think for us to reach out and call them and say, you know what, they're fine, helps to strengthen that relationship and that sense of trust. Yeah, and it's better than having them sitting at work being unproductive and and anxious, worried yeah. about the baby, putting on a putting on a strong face that they don't have to put on. Yeah, and then going and crying in the toilets or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ever do that? Well, I don't know actually. My mine weren't too little when they went into care, and when one sure. went in, I was I was still working there, and then I was lucky I was able to bring the others with me to the office. I even delivered training with one of them in a baby carrier. One's been to a actually they've all been to conferences, like they've kind of got shipped around. But other than that, they always stayed with family. It was either my husband or I. We worked part time to kind of juggle it together. So I was lucky not to have to do that but I've definitely seen that with friends who've left their babies for the first time and then spent the day at work crying in the bathroom and you know stressing about where they are and who's you know whether someone's going to look after them as well as they do and you know I think sometimes as educators we can get frustrated with those families that are a bit higher you know like they want that reassurance all the time and I think we've got to put that in perspective and go you know what this is a big deal you know it's one child to us but it's their everything yeah, 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 exactly. And, and uh, you, you might have 20 years experience working with infants, but this is this might be their first infant. And, That's right. 
And so then they come in, they come in with the, uh, the, the handwritten notes explaining their baby. It's, it's like yeah. uh, 14 pages, single, single spaced uh, notebook yes. paper. Uh, as far as they're concerned, no one's ever looked after a baby before. And yeah, so this and is how it needs to be done. Yeah, and and there 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 aren't any any predictable things that babies uh, need or want during the day. No. So so those notes are. I mean, I don't want to be a dick, but I mean, you kind of do. I, well, I don't want to, but I, I mean, I just <laughs> am. Just, yeah. Uh, those notes. I mean, they always said just about exactly the same thing, and but yeah. it was it, but also. It was, it was, it was really, I don't know, is cute the right word? Um, maybe. Uh, maybe adorable. I think it was adorable that, that, uh, that they thought they needed to tell us the stuff that we absolutely already knew. Um, yeah. But, but there, that doesn't negate their need for needing to tell us. And yes. so I guess my job in those moments was not to, not to smirk and roll like, my I eyes. I need this. Yeah. Yeah. What you think I've never seen a baby before? No, because you do that, then they take away your halo. Yes, that's right. That's a one surefire way to lose a halo real quick. I think the other thing we did is we we made sure we asked parents questions that they didn't think to ask. Like, yes. um, but my mean my favorite was, do you want to know when they do the thing? <gasps> first here yes um, that's one of my favorites over or, or taking the first steps or whatever and and so many parents were like oh i didn't oh, really, I hadn't thought about it i didn't really think about that and it's like we can we can tell you or we can we can not say a word about it and then it happens at home two days later and, and you think go, it's yeah, happening it for the first, the first time, time. Yeah, and then you'll come and tell us, or you know, how do yeah. you how do we handle that? And when when you ask them questions like that, then it's kind of like, oh, you've put some thought into what I need and what my child needs, and that makes yes. it just a little bit easier to to build that relationship. Yeah, I always think that's such a lovely question to ask, and you know, I think it's one that we don't give enough thought to. It, parents don't give enough thought to, but educators don't typically give enough thought to either. And then it happens. And then, you know, you say, oh, you know, such and such walked today and the parent's face just drops and it's like, oh no, big mistake. And I think having those conversations early builds that trust. You know, it's like, yeah, we've, we've agreed on how we're going to care for this child together. Cause ultimately you are caring for them together. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a shared custody arrangement. You know, you've, you've got to get on the same page so that the child knows what's happening and where it's happening and how it's happening and who to go to and all those sorts of things. And I think if you can get on the same page quick, it makes things so much easier. Yeah, and it's not only, not only shared, a version of shared custody, it, it, the, the caregivers are, are often getting the best part of the day with the kid too. Yeah. I mean, the, the, with, they're with the parents that getting up and getting moving in the morning and going to bed at night. And, and, uh, and so we've got that middle of the day when, when they're often most enjoyable to be with. So yeah. that, that, that's uh, kind of a, a hard thing for parents to deal with too. And I mean, we had, we had situations where, where kids got so attached to to staff that that parents were actually jealous of staff because of the relationships their their kids had with uh, with with those those kids. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you do? You say, "Hey, suck it up." No, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, your kid likes me more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not good. That's not it's good not, at all. Is it? It's not. Don't say that. What else do we need to know about trust? 
I don't know. I think that's it. I just think it's that we need to be mindful of the fact that we have that trust and we are, we're in that position where we are being trusted to care for children who aren't ours and who deserve the best. And, you know, I think it's just something to keep in the back of your mind when things are shitty or, you know, you're finding it hard or you whatever. Like, I just think it's one of those things that should be in the back of your mind. This is a position of trust and a pretty big one. And, and kind of a gift that parents are giving to you. It is. Yeah, it is. I think it, it is one of those things like, I don't know, it seems like a very cliched kind of thing to say, oh, it's an honor to care for your child, but it really is. Like, I don't know, most parents wouldn't just leave their kid with anyone. It's like they do make a pretty big decision, even if it's that they've made a decision about a center as a whole, they've still made a decision. You know, yeah. it's not just, oh, I just found some random on the street and I'm going to hand them over. Um, they made a decision, they made a choice. And I think that is pretty honoring to get that, to have that decision be made about you. Hey, listeners, if you need to make a decision about the next website you visit, think about visiting inspiredec.com and check out what Nicole's got going on over there with Tosh and their crew at Inspired EC. Anything going on that you want to plug? This episode's coming out sometime in June or July. I don't know. We've got a conference coming up in July for anyone who's in Australia. It's going to be good. Um, what else? I don't know. Lots of online well, stuff. Just like an in-person in conference? Like an in-person one. Well, yeah. Congratulations. We're going, we're going to fun. a regional area. We're going to hang out for the day. Just have a one-day conference. Not huge, but just back to in-person. Well, that sounds delightful. I hope, yes. it's, hope it's enjoyable for everybody that's there. Hey, you need more of me? Go to Inspired EC. No, that's No, you. don't do that. <laughs> Actually, you could probably get to me through Inspired EC. You could. Yes, um, you could. You could. It'd be quicker. Just go to explorationsearlylearning.com. <laughs> this has been the Child Care Bar and Grill podcast. We'll come back with another episode soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.